हेलो एवरीवन दिस इज कथक का चक्कर माय नेम इज प्रमित एंड दिस प्लेस इज डिजाइन टू बी अ सेंट्रल प्लेटफॉर्म टू ब्रिंग कॉन्वर्सेशंस विद कथकर्स अक्रॉस द ग्लोब The following is a conversation with Cynthia Vijay Kumar. Cynthia Di is a Kathak dancer from Milwaukee. She has undergone her training in Lucknow Gharana from Guru Muari Sharan Gupta and Guru Hari and Chetna. She is currently undergoing her training under Guru Sajata Banerjee from London. She founded Aram Kathak Dance in 2019 in Milwaukee to spread this art form to a diverse group of people in Milwaukee. She believes that riyas or practice is a key to make progress in any kind of Indian classical dance form, be it dance or music. Practice is a continuous process that should not stop at any point in time. Practice evolves you as a dancer and as an individual, helping you move towards the path of perfection and progress. Anything can be achieved if the dancer has the right kind of guidance from a guru and the right practice techniques. A quote from her: "Never ever give up." whatever you love to do good dancers are not born talented they have been taught and trained and pursued practicing without giving up is what she believes in enjoy this is start off with cynthia how are you i'm good how are you doing pramit i'm good and yeah i know that is pretty early there in india thank you for waking up for doing this and uh, i guess just to start off with cynthia uh, for you what does the when it comes to when it, comes to creating in kasak what does that creative process look like for you okay creativity is something that's always been very fascinating to me so so it's a lot of things that goes through it it's so first i listen to the music then i put movements together and then in my mind so i physically put the movements in my mind i'm imagining geometrical alignments i am looking at the shapes i am looking at connectivity to the movements i am looking at am i doing something random am i just filling it up with the movement or am i just making sense out there am i creating a story behind the movement and i come back and i'm like i come back and change it maybe something is not making sense and i change it i change it to and the story is also built in such a way where for example i'll take the tumri that i created with pandit divyanga vakil so i put a story a lot of people have created it the first rule is i don't want to see any these choreography like a lot of people are doing it like posting it on social media i do not want to see it because that kind of blocks me up that gives me a preconceived notion of what can be done for this particular music so i don't see anything that's already been created so i come up with a story and the story is not like i don't come up with an entire story i come it come up with a story line by line okay now probably uh, there is uh, krishna is there hmm. krishna is, uh, krishna is trying to play or do chit chat with radha mm-hmm. so krishna is playing the flute and radha is listening to it and then krishna is like okay i want to play around with her and uh, he's he runs away with this flute mm-hmm. then he comes back he's like he tells krishna do you really want me to play flute okay here i go i he takes the flute and then he looks at the 
then he looks here and there and then he runs away so it's kind of story that i want to build line by line and i don't want to be influenced by anything it has to be my story it has to be my movement maybe somebody has already done it maybe the story has already been created but it's a, it's kind of a process that i'm still discovering it's kind of a journey hmm if the journey will end or not it's it's a lifetime journey but it it's so fascinating to me when i create something and i look forward for creating mm-hmm. so yeah and he runs away and then uh, krishna uh, then once he runs away then it is uh, radha's reaction of she is so she's like she's upset that she is not playing and then again krishna comes back krishna comes back and he's like it's his way of chit chat so it's, it's it's the way that i imagine he's like he pinches her cheek and she doesn't like it then he hugs her then she initially doesn't like it but then later she likes she pretends that she likes it hmm so slowly it's it's one by one but at the same time how am i creating when i'm creating it story should flow movement should flow and at the same time am i using the space properly am i using the profile views am i using front space am i using back so those are all the things that come in my mind so yeah it's it's a lot of things but it's it is a very fascinating journey and it is yeah it's it's the continuous process of discovery mm. and maybe like i would want to talk about the navadurga series also that i did it just came up with a thought of okay why not nine days it did give a lot of light on how uh, about all the devis all the nine devis the series of how what each devi is and so i don't have music so i i thought like a few days back and why can i do something like this so sentadi what is navadurga before you go into it just wanted to understand that it's like nine durgas okay nine durga and nine durga has nine different significance okay okay the first durga is shailaputri is the first date of durga where this is story behind it so it made me research a lot like the story to give you a small thing about what the story about so it's like uh so shiva gets married to devi sati hmm. in previous birth and uh, devi sati's parents wouldn't want uh, shiva to get married to him because he's an ascetic and he has locks and he has uh, ash all over his body and uh, but she still goes ahead goes ahead and gets married mm-hmm. and then, uh, uh and and then once there is a there is a big yagna at uh, her parents place and she gets invited and shiva doesn't get invited hmm she goes there and she uh, gets angry that her husband has not been invited so she jumps into the fire hmm. I, i think everybody would have heard this story she jumps into the fire and by the time shiva realizes that she has jumped into the fire mm-hmm. he picks up her body and mm-hmm. he walks so when he walks there's this uh, they call it a shakti peed the piece of flesh that falls on the way hmm. and the secret places they called as shakti peed and uh, the next birth of devi sati Sh- shailaputri that's when the day one starts hmm so it, shailaputri is born shailaputri is a uh, daughter of mountain himalaya hmm. 
Shell, okay. Yeah, daughter of mountain Himalaya. And uh, so to think about the movements about what I can do for our daughter, daughter of Shaila. She's a daughter of mountain. And mm-hmm. the music, I just did a small piece, like every day I posted something, but it was a good challenge to yourself. And the movements that I I wanted to create were, I wanted it to be my own. Mm-hmm. Like, something different but at the same time being within the vocabulary of kathak okay yeah go ahead Dr. so so sincerely i guess this is some I, i want to get into this more because you mentioned a couple of times that you want your movements to be your own and i kind of understand why that is but i'd like to know from you why is that important for you that the, your movements be your own where does that come from and what drives you to do that what drives me to do that so i i think it's been a process from it so mm-hmm. when i start like few years back i would look at choreography or somebody else and you know, try to imbibe it into mine and over the period of time i've realized that's not what i want to be that i want to be something more something different yeah. mm-hmm. i want movements hmm. and and it's always been fascinating so hmm. i create something and i'm like huh this is nice so i use the space left side now how do i use the space right side how do i make oh. how do okay maybe i've used it in the front now it's time for me to use it i have to move my body and how do i use the profiling view how do i use left profile i've used my right hand now how do i use my left hand mm-hmm. should it will it look beautiful if it is symmetrical will it look aesthetic if it is non symmetrical but i'm still using the space Hmm. So yeah, these are the thoughts that get into and it it is yeah it kind of gives me a lot of it's it's fun creating things. Hmm. And it's with lot of people. It's more fun. So I think I did a choreography with we all created uh, with my previous teachers students. Yeah. we all came together this was in the month of march so we all came together and created something and it's more nice when a lot of bodies are involved and movements and you kind of can align when the style is similar hmm so, a lot of movements and a lot of new ideas so it's all it's a, it's a very fascinating process hmm yeah and it's like it's a continuous journey of discovery hmm you creating you keep discovering it's not it's not a new thing somebody has already done it but it's new to you that's what is fascinating and even when it comes to abinaya like subtle things like so many things that were discovered during the process mm-hmm. it it i it may be like it may be an old concept but for me it becomes a new concept like there's a slight we are there i there is a slight line between power and rage you when you open your eyes completely like this becomes rage when both the eyebrows are lifted without emphasizing more on your eyes hmm. it becomes power and strength okay okay the discovery process it's like so it's not it's not that only when i'm practicing i'm discovering so i'm walking around i'm moving it's more like living and being there with the art form hmm. so i'm i'm thinking i'm i'm doing something i'm doing some errand i'm running an errand i'm uh, 
and here I've been riding a bike. So it's not driving. So I've been driving. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking, okay, maybe what can I do this? What can I do over here? Or I'm doing some errands. So I think being there and living for the art. Yeah, that's about it. It's it's just not okay. This is my practice time. I practice now. I think it's 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 there with all the dancers. Like they just live and be platform. Okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. even when you're dance, you're thinking, okay, or yeah, I do my yoga. I get very distracted when I'm doing my yoga because suddenly my thoughts are like running here and there, and I'm doing work, and I'm like, okay, I I want to stop this. Come back to yoga. So, okay. Yeah. Hmm? Thank you for taking me through your process and how you think, Cynthia, and all those examples, the power and racing and stuff I hadn't seen before. So thank you for that example as well. So getting into a couple of things, Cynthia, when you're talking about Krishna Radha and even the line of the Durga, it felt like you really had imbibed those characters. So I'm very curious about this. These are like the mythical characters, and you know, uh, when how do you get into the point where you feel like you're the, these characters and you can feel like that are part of you. What does that process look like for you when you're imbibing the characters within you? That process. So, so here is the thing, Pramit. So I have realized over a period of time, it doesn't. The first time you do it, it doesn't come. So it is um. two years of process. So how you get into the character and how that's my own process. That's my yeah. own experience. It didn't come to me a few years back. So how so suddenly so you're like for 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 some time you're Krishna and suddenly you'll have to change to Radha. So it's more of an experiential process. You keep mm. experiencing, keep getting into the character, and as as much as you do more and more of those char those characters getting into characters, getting out of characters, I think that's when it comes to you. For me, it's been practice. Uh, for me, it's been like thinking about it, evolving over a period of time. That's been my process. It didn't come to me like, okay, here, I want to become Krishna. Okay, now I become Krishna. It doesn't, it didn't become like the snap of my finger. Hmm. It again, practice and thinking and evolving. Those have been my process. And I would say that it's more like a sadhana. Hmm. Uh, I'm from uh, uh, Sujata Didi. And she says, it's like, yeah, you understand. I understand. I tell you that this is what you have to do. And I get it. So it's okay. not that. The art form is a sadhana that you will have to practice and practice and practice to get it. So personally for me, it has only come through practice. It's, yeah, maybe somebody is talented. I would appreciate somebody is born talented. But yeah, it's it's a process of sadhana. You do it more and more. You become better and better at it. And and like you ask me, like how do you become Krishna? How do you become Radha? Okay, I I uh, for the first time, this is what I visualize. Krishna is uh, Krishna, Krishna is fake. He's like, okay, I'm so I'm angry with you. You're trying to impress me, but I'm not impressed about any any of those things. So how do I do it? So uh, first I would do this. Then I go back and I'm like, huh, no, maybe I don't like it. Hmm. Maybe I need to make it more real. Maybe I can use my eyes better. Maybe I can use my eyebrows better. Maybe this is not good. Maybe this is good. So these are the things that go into my mind. These are the things I keep thinking. 
these what do you call these these small little things that really makes a lot of difference in the dance maybe looking like this to this is not good maybe like looking like this to this makes some kind of a difference so looking into the small little things those small little aspects of dance maybe somebody thinks it's very small but it does make a lot of difference and how you communicate to the audience so there is a rasa aspect of it where they say like the bhava that i invoke has to invoke rasa in the audience how i get connected to the person who is sitting in front of me so it would definitely make a difference there it's like watching a movie like you cry uh, when you're watching a movie or when you're when there's a comedy going on you laugh so to get that aspect of it it's different in a movie because they take hundreds of takes they edit it hundreds of things it's different on a on a on a stage because everything has to be done in one shot mm-hmm. and you have that impact out there right can i answer your question at all from it mm-hmm. these are all like the the questions are about how you think and how your brain works like so every everything you say will be the right answer sindhali so i guess the next thing i wanted to ask you can yeah first of all thank you for taking through the permutations and combinations it's clear that you kind of do experiments on yourself and you see what works and what doesn't and you're not afraid to kind of see what works and stuff so sindhali i guess you you talked about you know trying out different things and so uh, do you have is are there people you rely on to like as a, as a sounding board to get feedback from or how does that feedback mechanism work yeah yeah, just, yeah that matters a lot like uh, your your friends your close friends you would want to look at it artists work close friends were like practicing dance so that really matters to me like they are the ones who give the your friends are the ones who give honest feedback they're like ah oh, no this doesn't look nice okay. it doesn't look your body at least uh-huh. um, more straight forward they're like they tell you directly they're like what are you doing so maybe somebody else like your family if you show it your family whatever you do everything is not good to them everything mm-hmm. is like so but your friends or your uh, your friends who are practicing dance or like pursuing dance they're the best ones to give you feedback yeah that matters a lot to me so i don't just come up with a choreography and and present it i do take a lot of feedback and that and i work on the feedback and yeah and these are the small little things they also notice hmm understood Yes, feedback is always kind of important because right now, especially with the social media and everything, a lot of comments you'll see on dancers' profile is just good, amazing, and this and that. So, which is praise is good, but you know you don't know what to improve on or what they like specifically about it. So, it's always good that you have that system around you, Santiadi. So, you talked about your process to kind of do do different experiments, see what works, what doesn't, and kind of evolve with that. You talked about getting feedback from like the people you trust. and i i did see the one on your radha krishna i did uh, what i really appreciated is like you captioning each abhinay piece and like each take that this is what's happening that really helps me to understand it like what you're trying to do as well 
So that brings me to my next question, the audience, because as you're doing these creations in Delhi, uh, uh, and you know, you have an audience in mind, you know that you're going to perform for these people or these people, does that change how you present it or what you're going to perform or what you're going to create for them? Just wanted to know how the audience comes into this whole thing. When you perform, so it depends on the kind of audience that I would pick up. So if it is, if it's predominantly an Indian audience doing a Shiva piece, doing a uh, doing a daily piece mm-hmm. or doing uh, things that Indians can relate that matters or but there also we perform something I perform perform something related to COVID crisis recently I think that can be done for any audience so what so I'll talk about my previous performance first and then I'll talk about something that I'll be performing for uh, the senior home so this was uh, now this was a mix of audience. This was just not Indian. We performed for a mix of audience. It was uh, there's some uh, there's a studio called as Dance Works in Milwaukee. So I moved like five years back. So I'll talk about it. And I think community support they became a big community support for them. So we had a performance uh, at Dance Works, and they called it as Rhythm Works. They basically wanted live musicians, which I couldn't do it because. Yeah, with, because of various reasons. So there we performed, uh, we called it as COVID crisis. And we uh, did the story of uh, Mata Kalika, goddess Kali. Okay. So we spoke about it. We told Kali is considered to be like healthcare workers or uh, people, frontline workers who are like trying to fight against the evil, which is uh, COVID virus. Mm. And... Uh, Kali killing Rakta Bija. Rakta Bija is a demon. So he had a boon where whenever his blood spills, wherever his blood spills, he would there would be clones of Rakta Bija. So he was mm. basically nobody could destroy him. So uh, so uh, Parvati created uh, Goddess Kali, and uh, Kali uh, drank the uh, blood. So wherever it was spilled, she she devoted the blood of uh, Rakta Bija. Then he cut his head before his blood could spill. She drank his blood. So that was a comparison that we made that she is more like frontline workers and healthcare workers and uh, Rakta Bija, like more like COVID. And uh, then we uh, we did Paditra uh, Vishankar's Bhumi Mangalam, basically praying for the peace. So, yeah, so once Dr. Bija is killed, we prayed for the peace of everything, water, sun, earth, people, all the beings on earth. So something like that that we created, we put up a production. So I felt that production goes well with any kind of audience. Hmm. So, yeah, so people liked it. People did like the performance. It's again a trial and error from it. It's like know how the audience conceives it to be so we used a lot of uh, vocabulary like if you just present it as a piece nobody's gonna so yeah. we brought uh, speaking or uh, words like introduction was done by one of my students where she explained that uh, who is Kali who is Mata Kali mm. uh, who is this gem- demon so she's gonna kill and she told that Kali is more like uh, like people who are fighting against all the people who are doing research, people who are uh, the doctors, the nurses, every, all of them. Mm. 
food, all, all the frontline workers are Mata Kalika and Dr. Bija is the demon. So she introduced the piece. And then we uh, we uh, we actually perform where Mata Kalika kills the demon. And then we speak that we are all in this together. We are all together fighting to uh, fight, praying for the world and uh, praying for India too. At that time, March was the time where India, it was too much. They were right. So we are praying for India and the world, that mm. everything gets better. So people can connect the dots. Mm. If it's too, if it's just the performance, if it's just the production, everybody are going to be like, oh, what just happened? We don't know what just happened. True that. Yeah, you need to bring in those aspects of connecting the dots. And yeah. then we, we also told you are praying, and then we put this Bhumi Mangalam. We, we did explain that Bhumi Mangalam is about praying for all the beings, for mm. all the space. So, yeah, something like that was what we performed. And we did, did get a good kind of a reception from the audience. People liked it, people did like the performance. So, yeah, Jan, I'm going to be performing to a complete white crowd, I think, or, or a non-Indian crowd. Uh-huh. Uh, it's for a senior home. So mm-hmm. I've been thinking about it, like, how do I get their attention? How do I... so? For that kind of a crowd, I basically do pure dance pieces, pure nritta pieces. Oh. Spoken word poetry. I'm thinking of getting in some spoken word poetry. Everybody is going to understand if you do a spoken word poetry. Hmm. Something talking about life, something that people can relate to. Okay. And at the same time, bringing in the, in the cultural aspect of India. It's yeah. not just the spoken word, bringing in the technical aspect, bringing in something that they can relate to. Hmm. And yeah, bringing everything together. So something they go back in. They don't just don't, they just don't see it. They don't just don't look at it like, okay, what is this foreign thing happening out here? Why are they wearing colorful costume? They hmm. need to be watching. Yeah, something like that is what I'm thinking of. Maybe, maybe like a Shiva piece. Probably, I don't think so. It is well out there. Hmm. So, yeah. Understood. Yeah, because um, I was just thinking about like, like when you're talking about the story of Raktabija, I haven't heard about it, but I know, and I've heard enough stories in Hindu mythology that I know that there's going to be an Asura who's going to get a, like, a, an, some, a, like a lot of power, but there's going to be some sort of caveat to his power that's going to be his downfall. I have see I've heard enough stories to know that that's going to come. So since I have that context, it's easy for me to absorb that story. But if you don't need to give them that context as well. So yeah, thank you for explaining that process as to how you choose what to do. And, and you know, even your piece might remain the same, but the way you explain it might change. Um, so, and yeah, I'm looking forward to what you do in January as well, how that plays out. And since you're talking about community and you talked a little bit about Milwaukee and Wisconsin, would would like to know about that a bit more. As you've been in uh, Wisconsin for five years, how has the community support been? How did you get involved with this state, and how did you start kind of like spreading the word of Kathak in that state? Very curious about that. So from it, I quit my corporate job to take up what I love. That was five years ago. When was you going to do that? Five years, five years ago. Oh, nice. Okay, tell me more. I did work a little bit uh, after moving to the US and GE, but then 
I think I this is that's not what I want to do. I realize that this is what I want to do. So it was all new, brand new, starting something new in a in a different country. It's not even your country, but I should say that I got a lot of support from North American community. So they really understand and value the art form. Uh, uh, there's this. So I just walked into the studio. With, I was living in downtown, and I just happened to see the studio. And it's called as Dance Works. I didn't know much about it. I just didn't know it was just like two or three months that I moved, and I spoke to them. And from there, the opportunities started uh, flowing in. So they have something called as Get It Out There, and it's basically for new choreographers if you want to present something new. So that's a place where you can present. But the way they conduct it and uh, the way they organize it, absolutely professional. Hmm. Uh, I think. Uh, the environment is like people come there to watch art form. They're not there to eat or chat, socialize. They just oh. come. And they limit the audience. It's not for like 200, 300. They have a small studio. They limit it to like, I think less than 100. And if, hmm. you, if, if you're late, you go back without the kids. Oh, they shut the door? Yeah. Do they, like they shut the door once the, the performance starts kind of thing? You back, they say no ticket. Oh. You buy it off. So yeah, so uh, and then you're not supposed to use of uh, you cannot record it. You, you're basically disturbing the other people who are watching. No recording. You just you, the decorum is maintained. Mm. So yeah, and everything is like so structured out there, really structured, and the way they conduct the uh, pro program. So that's when the opportunity started flowing, and so people come to watch you. And uh, but many many opportunities like a lot of opportunities has been through dance worlds like mm. they invite you to projects like going out and teaching in the school or uh, doing the community work they do they're into a lot of community work okay so yeah they've been so I think just before COVID my calendar was completely filled up by their work mm. it got cancelled and uh, yeah it's all through them. So it's been a very strong community and they support diverse artists. It's just not they work on uh, jazz, ballet or that. They do have their own uh, company. But yeah. They do diverse art forms. Okay. Including community. So I've had a lot of support from them from the time I moved to Milwaukee. Amazing. And, and they understand that it is an artist community. They understand that the work that you do has to be paid. Mm -hmm. A lot of community work. It's not that they expect you to do community work for free. So, yeah, that appreciation of art is what you expect wherever you go. It's a small community. Milwaukee is a small community, and mm -hmm. yeah, being law, Indian art form in mm -hmm. their community. Like, yeah, I got a lot, and I got opportunities like uh, the dean of UW to watch me uh, in one of the shows, and I get to teach there. I get to be a we uh, get to teach one semester out there in, uh, in tech school of arts or going and teaching in other places, doing master classes or uh, people come there from different universities, come and watch you and they call you for guest lectures. Ooh. And these things I should say it's through dance books or the dance or dance books recommends. If somebody comes looking for, uh, somebody wants to learn Qatar or they want something else to be done. 
or they want a master class, they want a guest lecture in some university, dance works. So I should say that I got abundance of support from dance works from the working. Hmm. But yeah, South Asian community, I think the way they look at the art form, it's maybe like they look at you probably like, hmm, maybe my kid can learn it from her. So I, I don't know, maybe my perception may be wrong. The way South Asian community looks at it is, I did perform for them, but again, they say that you'll get advertised. People, you're new to Milwaukee. People will get to know who you are. You'll get promoted. So exposure. Yeah, exposure. But mm. yeah, it's, I, I think they fail to see before you put a piece, it's just like, like this is a perception. Like, what are you doing for five minutes? You just perform and go back. That five minutes, there is so much that gets into that five minutes. You practice hundreds and thousands of times for it. Mm. And there is costume, there are so many things that gets into it. I think those things that they fail to look at that part. It's mm. just that sense of yeah, it's still a perception like what are you doing for five minutes? Which is dancing. Why should you get paid for that? Mm. So yeah. So that's been my experience. Yeah, I. The it's it's two different perceptions that I, I ideally you need to be getting more support from your community, but yeah. yeah. For sure, and yeah, that is rather unfortunate, Delhi. Uh, that you know, you I, I, and I wish you'd get more of that support, and I, and I'm hoping that changes with the years as well and one thing i may keep sorry go ahead. yeah uh, but but i would say that not 100 percent. i wouldn't say that yeah. there is yeah not 100 percent. but there is this community that i always get sponsorships from there is there's a restaurant called there is a uh, cafe india mm-hmm. every time i do something for uh, something i i did a fundraiser they're there to support mm. or uh, annual recital, they are there to support. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say Yeah. They're sponsoring, they're doing something, they're providing snacks, they're providing uh, some kind of uh, fundraising mm-hmm. amount. So I wouldn't say 100% of them, yeah. but this, there is some amount of support from the community. And um, since you talked about dance work, since you like you had a lot, lot of good moments with them, what is if I were to ask you, what is your most memorable performance with dance works? And if you have any good anecdotes to share from that, would love to hear some. And dance works also, I think every year their artistic director changes. Mm. So every year, and and the best of best people are the artistic director who organize those. So uh, get it out there. Or this year they called it that rhythm works. So it's the best of. They are like, there's so much like we're all doing it together there's so much to learn from them the way they, they interact with the audience the way they do things out there it's it's been so much to learn from them like uh recently i uh, uh so her name is danny cooper so i really look the way she interacts with the audience, her small class, even if it's a small class with kids, the way she interacts and the way she conducts the class is like, I would just be like, wow. 
So she is uh, at Hartford right now, and I went to her, uh, it's called the Shoes Art Center. So we had a masterclass, me and my couples. I work with one couplist, Paul Westfall. So yeah, he is the one who's been with me for the past three years. Mm. So we've been with each other, we've been working with each other. So yeah, he's like an amazing, his, his mind works like a mathematician. He's like, he can figure out any car. Mm. He went there and and the way she organizes things, it's right from organizing to every small bit will be taken care of. She was the artistic director of dance books. Now she's at Hartford. And uh, I happened to see, so there was some time. So we were teaching small kids, we were teaching the teens. And there was like a small window of time and that we had a performance and the kids were getting restless and she just took a class for like 10 or 15 minutes and the way she engaged me everything she does is so impressive or right now like rhythm works was conducted by uh, somebody called this crystal Wagner. so she is like anything she touches is creativity her pictures to making the flyers to organizing the event and her and or her own dance the dance that she it's it's so much to learn from them. Uh, she uh, she Rhythm Works was her first uh, show as an artistic director, but absolutely professional. And the way she picked up the kind of pieces for the show, we had uh, dance works on tap, tap, and we had uh, their uh, contemporary group, their own performing arts company, and they called Irish dancers. And it was us. So basically four groups performing. And yeah, everything like everything is done so systematically. So take pictures and videos during the performance. So they call you for technical uh, rehearsals. Okay. That's when they take, they take pictures, they take video, and the lighting is set. The light and it runs almost like a final show. Hmm. From the beginning to the end. So all those things really impressed me, like looking at the way they organized things, the way they conducted and the flyers for it. So every small detail in here with so much of detailing is what impresses me with uh, dance works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and- yeah, during COVID, uh, they knew that the artists were suffering and they had they didn't have much of work. So they did some online modules and they included me and Paul. Mm-hmm. They were like, let's do an online module for the kids. Like we teach them some basics of every dance form. So something, they're always there to support the artist's community. Hmm. So yeah, let's then let's switch gears a bit. So yes, Aram means beginning. So could you tell us a little bit about your school, how, how it started, when, and like what, who, students you have and all that. Let's just get into it a bit. Love to know about your Sure. So it's a very small school. I have around 15 students right now. It's not mm-hmm. really grown to that extent. Okay. Uh, so Aram is like, the vision was uh, you were starting your journey of Kathak with me. Mm-hmm. Beginning of journey. So that was a vision that I had. Mm-hmm. And uh, diversity was another factor that I took into account, like having more diverse people experiences are formed though. Yeah. And like my teachers, so have 
so they've made me fall in love with this art form so much right my corporate job and took this up i've been touched by this so much that i want to do this i am there to live this art form mm-hmm. so that kind of an experience i don't know i really don't know if i can make my students experience that okay so yeah that was a vision that i had in my mind mm-hmm. they are performing with me maybe like they're not so experienced they're like they're like two year old art form so have them perform it's it's a fun experience it's like there are limitations to doing it it's it's different working with your own friend or your own colleague you've grown up with and who been dancing with you it's a different experience working with your students and with all the limitations how you make it look aesthetic make it look presentable make it look like audience can yeah. the audience can appreciate the art form but every limitation it's been a it's i wouldn't say it's a challenge it's it's been a fun experience it's hmm. yeah so they all performed with me they performed uh with me for the little girls and it was like okay maybe this movement okay let's change this maybe this doesn't look nice and group choreographies are always a fun it's it's a lot. i want i'm used to working with somebody who's as experienced as you mhm mhm so there's a lot of difference It is still a fun process. You still can make things look beautiful. You still can make things look aesthetic. You mm-hmm. can communicate with the audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of practice, a lot of rehearsals. Yeah, getting everybody together. Yeah, I, I I look back and I think about my teachers' efforts, like how much we were used to make a big, huge, good production, thirty people, and yeah, getting thirty people here, I would get like. I had like six people in the production, and then I would be like, "Yeah, I need all of you there on this time." So, yeah, it is, it is, it is a challenge sometimes. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, it's like you need to fall in love with the art form to be there. Like we would run there to our dance class Thursdays. Whatever happened, we would run there, be there to just to experience that two hours or. soaking into the art form and that would give so much i i don't even know what is the word to tell you like hmm. the experience of is it happiness or it's a, it's a different kind of an experience from it i i can't even explain that yeah am i giving it to my students is what i question in that one hour am i getting there am i giving them the experience that i to have or i feel when i'm dancing mm-hmm. will i be able to give it is what i keep thinking maybe like one day i don't know hmm. yeah it's a it's a different time i i would look forward running to the class or i get some time i really look forward for dancing mm-hmm. so not all alone it's not the group it's, it's all alone for my practice yeah there is something that i get out of it yeah hmm. No, nothing in this world can compensate for what I get when I dance. That mm-hmm. kind of experience, or that kind of being touched by the art form, yeah, maybe one day, one day I'll be able to achieve it with my students. Hmm. 
Yes. So I have like my first teacher was Dr. Anandita Sanchi. She's in Indiana. And when she does the students showcase with beginners, I've seen her go through that process where sometimes she do a choreography, then she realize, okay, the students aren't at that level and she'd make adjustments. Or maybe she'd do a part of the, the harder part of the choreography herself and then take that upon her shoulder. So there are different ways kind of people adjust with that. And I guess, uh, as you're figuring out your teaching style, you've been taught a certain way from your gurus and instructors, and you're probably imparting it a different, like, so you'll be passing on some of the things you've been taught, and you'll add your own touch to it, and you'll teach in a different way. So in what ways do you teach differently than how you've been taught? Very curious about that. So I wouldn't say that something is right or something is wrong. Um, so from Sujata Devi's classes, I do learn a lot. Our classes are a little different. So anytime, so stretches and warm-ups are so important. I think it's just not the class. I think if you want to pursue, not, not about pursuing dance, if you want to dance, you need to, yoga is very important. You need to, your body agile, you need to exercise, run, you need to, it basically prepares you for dancing. It's just not those warm-ups, it's those cool downs in the class, and yes, you're done with it. That is also important. Warm-ups are extremely important. Or if you're doing out, your your feet and your heart, your the things that are stressed, stretch immediately. Or if you're doing chakra, one side of the body is focused, balance the other side of your spine. So these are the things that I learned from Sujata Didi. It's so much of importance to warm ups and cool downs. Like in between, she would she would be like, "Okay, I think you're you did a lot of hand movements. Your shoulders must be hurting. Your hands must be hurting. Come on, warm up. Yeah, stretch your hands. Stretch your you're doing you're doing a lot of footwork. I think that was something that I picked up from Sujata Devi. Okay. Our previous gurus was like he would concentrate so much. You would concentrate so much on aesthetics of dance, what makes you look beautiful on this stage. I think it's a combination of everything you learn and you learn. And there are things that I have discovered during the learning process. There are subtle things that you discover while you're teaching. So I think it's a combination. You become a combination of yourself and what you're being taught by your gurus. Yeah, so... That's what it would pick pick it up from me would become a combination of my gurus, myself, and themselves. So yeah, it's an amalgamation of uh, all the bodies coming together, all the bodies energies coming together. Right. And Sintati, when it comes to like, say, figuring out how strict you want to be or how assertive you want to be, like, say, if you have students who aren't practicing or falling behind, how do you encourage them to practice or inculcate the importance of Riyas or like, consistent years in their lives. How do you do that for your students? For adults, you cannot be really strict. It's very different when you learn from India. It's extremely different. And how sensitive people are. And again, you shouldn't be, uh, the one hour or two hour they spend, you want to make it a process where they, they're they happy. At the same time, you rules of riyas and assignments. Uh, and you can clearly notice from the students who have practiced and who have not practiced. And another thing that I keep telling in my classes, you come to learn and not to practice. Practice is your own reals. Mm. You come to 
So assignments are something, and there are people who submit assignments, submit assignments, and with kids you obviously have to be strict, and you're like really nice to them. Yeah, they are like running around the house. They are like. Running around the studio, or they you tell them warm up, they run away from the camera. It is online. Online is like okay. a whole world for the kids. Yeah, and they discover new things to be naughty out there or online. They, I, they just they just want to pretend that they're frozen out there. So yeah, huh. it's so being online, getting their attention. I think as soon as you notice that. Their uh, utpatti is nice. Otherwise, their utpatti is like this. As mm-hmm. soon as you strict, the utpatti becomes like this. Yeah, it's and adults. Yeah, in the US, you have to be sensitive. You have to be. You have to be nice. And at the same time, rules about uh, assignments and coming uh, practicing and coming to common rule. Like a cool practices will progress. Who doesn't practice? You cannot force. You cannot impose. Who hmm. doesn't practice but stay back? And everybody has their own body limitations. It's like somebody may be faster than me, that somebody may be a little slower. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but from my experience, from it, if you yeah. want it, right? Yeah, anybody can dance. Yeah, I was like really bad. I keep telling my students, if I can dance, anybody in this world can. Dance. Huh. Practice and consider it as a sadhana. Okay. Keep it going. Keep it going. It is never an end to it. So keep it going. Keep practicing. Keep practicing. Okay. You talked about you touched you talked about something very interesting. You say you said if I can do it, anybody else can. So if you can give us some insights as to. what kind of a dancer were you like people see you now and they see okay fine you're great and all that but if you could tell us like what were like the most difficult parts of your years or where did you start and what and how did you get to where you are if you could tell us a little bit about that since you said that if you can do it anybody else can so give us an idea of how far you've come and like in terms of like that would right. love to know about that so i'm years in years and and when my teachers would say do this correct this correct that I know I would repeat it. So the best way to learn is, I think you'll have to do your own riyas. Look at yourself. I would just take one movement, just one movement. Maybe like look at be your own critic. And I think that's feedbacks. Yes, of course, people will tell you what to do. But mm-hmm. your be own critic helps you. How can you be your own critic? It's so difficult for me to look at the mirror and dance. You have a mirror, or it gets even more difficult if you don't have a mirror. Yeah, I am doing. I am doing everything. So this is a tukra that I have to practice. I got it. But that getting it is not what is required. There are so many things that are involved. Analyze it. Like look closely to it. Analyze your body lines. Analyze your uh, nasaqat. Analyze your what you're doing with your face. Are you crumpling your eyebrows? Like are you flexing? Are you like when you're smiling? Fake? Are you just like, or is it? Are you really enjoying it? Is it coming out of your face? Are are the script? Are the small little critical things that you look at it? Yeah, I look at my videos even now. I have to pick up like hundreds of mistakes, and I'm like not happy. I'm like I hate it. So I think being a self critic is so important to learn and improve. 
Yeah, that I think that'll never stop. That'll just not stop. I I can just be my critic for like my lifetime, or even if I have like three lifetimes, I'll still be looking at it and I'll be critiquing that this can be done better, that can be done better. I think that that's been a process for me being a self critic. So when I say self critic, it's not not in looking at the camera. I would record myself. And I would be like, oh, no, maybe this, change this. And I would look at that small aspect of it. Have I changed it in my next video? Like mm. I would take hundreds of recording, like two hundreds of recording. And I would change, okay, this is not coming properly. My, why am I like this? This is, this looks so awkward. Or doing an Abhinaya piece, I would look at small aspect. It's like this. Or why is it like this? Or one of my eyebrows raised, which is, looks so awkward. Can I do this and control this and raise both of my eyebrows? Those are the small aspects that you critic yourself. That's been my process, my self-learning process. So this so I, did, I, did I catch it correctly? You said you take hundreds of recordings and you sit and watch every single recording. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, I do that. Yeah, wow. I know it's really crazy. No, it's impressive. Know. It's not crazy. It's very impressive. I look at it and I, I, I like delete. Yeah. And I'm like, sometimes I have looked at it completely and I'm like, oh, oh my God, I can't even look at it really. Mm. And then at a certain point of time is where I can look at it and correct myself. Mm. Yeah. So that's been a learning process. I, and yeah, do you have I, a notebook or is it like all in your head kind of thing? Mm. Yeah, it's, it's a little That's crazy. really cool. No, it's really cool. Yeah, it's, it's a little crazy. But <laughs> I yeah. Again, it's a sadhana from it. It's like okay. you, if you have, it's like I keep telling my students: if you want to learn, if anybody can learn it, mm. so you have to put that effort in. You just have to. You don't need the entire day to do it. Even if it's one hour, you just pick up one small thing and pick okay. that. Understood. So, so no Very good. It's been a slow process for me, but that's hmm. been my, even now, I look at the video, I'm like, I don't jump and uh, perform. So I, I'm like, if I have to perform, I need three months. I need like, I want to perform it randomly. Like, okay, this is an improvisation. I did this. I'm ready to perform. I, I am not somebody like that. I need time. I need okay. Time, small movements. Understood. So, uh, since you said you kind of uh, you kind of constantly like critique yourself and you look at you look to make small adjustments, and so how do you kind of if you're trying to prepare for a performance or you're trying to put something out there, how do you decide that this is a good stopping point? You know, because you can always get better and a little more perfect, a little more perfect, but at some point you have to stop and say this is enough and put it out there. So, what does that process look like for you when you draw that line in the sand? You're like, this is done. I think I have a I so I'm like here's the choreography. The choreography time. So I have three months, and yeah. I have the choreography of like probably like like a week or two weeks. And I'm like, but there is an improvisation to that choreography that I put in. Then I practice. Then I look at my videos, and I'm like, uh, this movement, no, probably change the movement, or I'm not doing it properly. I have to do it properly. So there, there's a practice time that I schedule that this is the practice time. And I have to be done with the practice by this time. And after that, it's like, 
all all the while I still take videos of myself and keep checking it out. Mm. And after, like, so I basically plan out my schedule. I I am like so last one week or two weeks before the uh, performance. It's just my practice. It's it's just my muscle memory, and I'm practicing and small little things that I want to correct. It's not a bigger thing. So I basically plan it out for me. Okay, yeah. and. Like, deleted during that process hmm that's good and uh, sanjay i uh, just uh, um uh yeah sanjay i guess so uh, thank you for sharing how you decide when things to go out i really like that process of what you said about recording just a small piece and just looking at it again and again um i want to see if that works for me as well <laughs>
So when we go to universities, there it's actually I did any university work because of COVID. Otherwise, I was invited in Mount Mary University and Lawrence University in Appleton or UWM itself. Uh, they would uh, invite uh, me out there. Okay. So, it's like it's little difficult because you just you're just given one hour or one and a half hour and you yeah. have to push through things that you want them to learn with you want them to learn a little bit of dance you want to learn or uh, you want them to learn a little bit of satkar you want to talk about katak yeah yeah it's like have giving a giving one small taste of katak in one hour, it's a difficult thing, but yeah, just for them to get exposed to what Qatar is. But the university class that I did for one semester was a different thing. Okay. okay. All dancers, they were all like, they were learning dance and they were all teaching already in different studios. Okay. Like quite quick and picking up. And it was hmm. again non Indian community. All these students were non Indians and they were, like, they were they were just so quick in picking up. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think I put up a syllabus. There was a big process for it. Uh, from it. Uh, I worked with the Dean Simone. So she is extremely supportive. So I worked with her on putting up a syllabus and what we can teach, what we cannot teach. And she wanted she also wanted me to include the aspects like uh, things like how uh, how U.S. and Europe was it uh, dance Indian Indian art form uh, in the nineteen hundreds or the nineteen forties? How was oh. it? Was oh, so, like okay, little the Udayan era and a little before that and all that stuff. Wanted me to include all those syllabus. So when I met, she gave me this much of books. She had marked what I have to be reading. So she wanted me to bring in all those aspects of things of uh, in Indian art form in Europe and the uh, US, how they yeah. And Rukmini uh, Devi, Arun she wanted me to talk about Rukmini Devi, Rukmini how they incorporated contemporary. Yeah, it's, it's been a long process. We, I think we worked for like one or two months just thinking about what we want to have in this and what I'm in everyday class and what are the assignments. I think you you just studied there, right? From it. I studied in Virginia Tech. Yeah, I did my master's here. Your assignments are already set. So when, what are the assignments? Yeah. So we, we worked on the syllabus. That was an interesting process. Yeah, that was one that I found. They were all really good. They just picked it up. They just picked it up and, and we performed also. Like once we performed, that was their exam. Yeah. Yeah. It was an interesting process. That is very good to know. I guess in I was I've always wondered about this. So say like carryover of dance forms, because I've never heard anyone else discuss that. Because they always say, okay, fine, classical arts takes a long time to do and all that, you know, you have to start from scratch, yada yada, which is I understand that. But usually, like say in martial arts, if you know, say you do judo for like 10 years, you don't start as a white belt in jiu-jitsu. You do, but you're technically a few levels up because there's a lot of carryover from there. So I always wondered if someone comes as a trained dancer to Kathak, 
like if someone usually takes 10 years do they take 5 years to pick up things like that and how does that work because i assume they've already done a lot of those things in when they were doing their dance so i was very curious about those things but, but i think that's a different style i think mm. okay tell me about that Yeah, it's a different style. The style is like so different. They may be able to pick up footwork much uh-huh. easier than, or the movements. Like they, they already have that uh, align. Like they have the concept of moving left, moving right. They, yes. They, it's all be trained. Right. But to get in that, so maybe the time frame, if they want to pursue the time frame, will be lesser when compared to other dancers. Uh huh. Like, Starting new up, who hasn't learned any kind of art form, which is very new for them to coordinate left itself. It takes time. It's yes. like of months to do do that. Right coordination takes time, but for them, right left is not a problem. Or you tell the footwork and they're doing it. But to invite that style or or. how your body moves to this particular art form okay this, i think to invite that style i don't even want to get numbers saying that you don't have to explain certain things to them they they just pick it up they just get right. okay that makes sense thanks for showing the difference between you know just like the num just picking up left right versus the style and i guess since the just um, coming to my last question um like so say with you kind of started uh, your academy uh, now with the pandemic kind of hopefully winding down we have more performances happening and uh, all that's going on and since you've been in uh, wisconsin for a while as well how do you feel about uh, how do you see your legacy of kathak here in wisconsin or in general and how do you feel about the future of kathak here with you i think it's been uh, it's been a journey for me uh, mm-hmm. for I started off. I just started off with two students for two years, so it's it's just been a journey. Like people getting to know you, and yeah, and so I believe in something that your work should speak. Hmm. Not writing big things. Not your work is something that should that should speak about yourself. It is a slow process. People will look at you. People will. It's it's been a journey for me. It's from two to fifteen. It's been a journey, and and it's not about getting a lot of students. It's a, it's about getting committed students. It's about so when you commit for that, it's not like okay, I'm having fun. I come here, I dance, and I go back. It's absolutely not that. Mm. It's a you have to be committed you have to do your rehearsals you have to come back to the class you learn so there's certain discipline that is followed followed in 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 the in the classical art form when when they agree to it that's when they would be there they would commit to the art form so it's not about having a lot of students it's about having even if it's smaller it's about having committed students who commit themselves for the art form yes i am ready to pursue this i i love uh, it's not like i love this yeah i like this art form initially it's i don't like i like this art form i'm committed i will do my rehearsals i come back to the class it's 
it's that kind of a thing that you expect. Yeah, maybe it will grow. It will grow. I will have more committed students, but for now, it is. It's been a journey, and and I get engaged with other things, other projects from other other places. I get called master classes. I get called, and performance is something that I really like. So tell me, one artist who doesn't like to perform? So performance is something that I really really like. So yeah, that excites me a lot. And training the students and getting them to a level where they can perform. It is a journey. I have to be patient. They'll get there. Everybody will get there. Yeah, like one day you'll. Yeah, the way I have realized, the way I have realized, and I want to work on myself. Uh -huh. They'll all work on themselves, and they'll all want to do things. Understood. So, yeah, and I live in Milwaukee, so I don't live in a in a place that. Is concentrated in South Asian community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and keeping it open to having a diverse group of students coming, trying to understand and learn the art form. That's where I am right now. It's 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 baby steps right now. Mm -hmm. Understood. So you talk myself too. So my my journey itself is like so much. <laughs> yeah. So. Okay, understood. So committed students and more diverse and kind of your performances as well. So that kind of I understand where you're going with this and kind of th thanks for sharing that. Um, with that, I kind of bring this episode to a close. And I really liked all your answers, especially when you go into the details of everything and the small nuances, the things you focus on, your attention to detail, how you experiment with things. I think there are a lot of good things to take away from that. I am going to try the whole recording thing and see if that works for me. Because I'm in the process of restarting like consistent practice. I've lost some stuff that I had before. So I think that'll be useful for that. So thank you so much for all this. You're doing a good job. It's like really impressive. I, I look forward to hearing everybody, your snippets, your podcast. I look forward to hearing to it. Yeah, you're doing a good job. Thank you.